position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals. Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, and welcome to episode number 239 of the Best Linux Games Podcast. Being recorded for you on this early Friday morning at 4.43 a.m. That would be uh, Friday, May 24th. Uh, for our sequel friends, that would make it 2019. 05, yeah, 05.24 at uh, 04.43. Uh, Pacific Coast Time, Left Coast Time, Coast with the Most, Crack Engineer, Ivor Molina, over there in the booth. Holding up the whiskey sign. Let's let's don't tell him that he's fired. Oh shit! I'm sorry, Ivor. I guess I just told you you're fired, Ivor. Mmm, whiskey. Mmm. Mmm. Ah, good whiskey. So, uh, we have a lot of stuff to cover for you this week. Let's get straight to our top stories, shall we? Yes, let us shall. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm. First of all, um, shortly following last week's review of uh, Rage 2, I ended up beating it this week. Um, took me about 35 hours. Uh, the ending, which was short, the ending sucked. Straight up sucked. I'm talking about like the like not the final battle or anything like that. That stuff was good, um, but the ending sucked. That was okay because the story throughout basically sucked. Um, it was you know serviceable. It was a serviceable story, but the ending really sucked. No spoilers here. Took took 35 hours, so that was about what I thought. Uh, it was gonna clock in at the game is short, it's a short game but it was a don't get me wrong though, it was a wild ride um, I really enjoyed it one thing that really pissed me off is that there's no free roam after you've beaten the game it just goes to credits, literally there is no closing cinema sequence 
which is fairly fucking ridiculous for a game that costs this much, you know, it's like 60 bucks or whatever um, yeah it's 60 bucks to, to 80 bucks you can get like an $80 tier version of it, but anyway uh the biggest thing that was crazy to me was that I beat the game with five guns not unlocked I think all the guns that I had were like the uh, remote detonating pistol the ranger pistol the automatic shotgun and the uh, the ranger uh, assault rifle this means that, and this is like kind of a weird thing. I kind of want to play it again. I I did a lot of side quests. I basically fucking I did a lot of side quests in this game, um, and I thought that I you know had done enough of them, but evidently not. In the thirty five hours, that's kind of an appealing length to start seeing how fast I could do a speed run of it um but yeah uh, I'm sure you could get it down to under mm, maybe under 15 because there's so many upgrades and skills and stuff like that and roads less traveled in terms of your skill paths and upgrade trees that uh it, it does leave a little bit of room for replayability but then as I told my buddy Jeff Jeffrey Wise who's now also playing the game every time I go to play it ah, my mouse finger my, my trackball finger kind of recoils in horror at the thought of all of that driving again all that keyboard based driving but anyway we beat it I stand by my, my, by my review last week etc 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 um, game ultimately was short uh, wait for it to go on sale the steam sale is coming up soon I imagine it'll probably go on at either a quarter off or maybe 20% off even then you know maybe still wait a while unless you're really pumped for this game best links games the column returns triumphantly the best loved feature of this entire podcast <laughs> easy, it's called sarcasm by the way, Ivor, did I mention that you're fired? um, cause you are you're fired uh, best links games, the column returns this week, how do you get to the column? you go to www.bestlinuxgames.com click on the top where it says, the column this week's iteration of the column uh, is just a digest form of it, it's, it returns in digest form only of our uh, ProtonDB reports from earlier this week and they are heavily focused around all different types of shooters especially space shooters side scrolling, top down scrolling um, all in preparation for uh, a forthcoming uh, Best Linux Games episode of this podcast, why am I referring to this podcast in the third person? all referring all are involved basically in a forthcoming episode of this podcast there we go, Jesus Christ use your fucking words, Skooky um, focused around the best space sh- space shooters for, available for Linux, because it's been forever since we did our twin stick shooter even uh, thing forever ago, but all of these are the ProtonDB reports that we've posted this week um, along with our, you know, critiques and stuff. Uh, speaking of ProtonDB, be sure to post your reports. Set up an account on ProtonDB. It is very easy to do. You're doing a public service. Every game, every report you file, whether it is known or unknown to work or not work, um, it does help the overall community and uh, it's something that is very, very much worth your time and uh, earns you stars in your false crown installment heaven so uh, yeah, and there's like I think 10 titles uh, that are uh, they're, they're, they're almost capsule reviews, I tried to put in enough 
information about the game in terms of how it, how it plays, what style of game, what type it is. Because, I mean, ProtonDB is not there for reviews. ProtonDB is there for reports. Does this game work or not? But, fuck it, since I play more games than probably everyone else, I'm going to stretch the rule. I, you know, I decided I was going to stretch the rules a little bit and insert a little bit of review content. All of them are underneath 75 or 125 words max. <coughs> so check that out. Chief among them uh, this week, which and these are games that we will be talking about more in the future, in future installations of this uh, this podcast. Um, Nova Drift, uh, Fury Unleashed, uh, Ride In Four Overkill. Uh, Jamestown Skelly Celeste Hella's Other Demons lots of other 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 games because we're putting together the ultimate guide to the best space shooters ever uh, available for Linux so blah and then there's some side scrolling uh, Contra like games like Fury Unleashed which we are going to work up into a full feature Sometime over the coming week. God damn it, Ivor, you're fired. Sorry about that. We lost um we lost connection. Main screen turn on. Ivor's the main screen turn on. We get signal. We get okay, get, cool. We get signal. So over the coming weeks was what I was saying before. But anyway, one title jumps out that is pretty notable from this otherwise shooter-based uh uh etc. And that is a a piece of software that is made available by Valve through Steam called Are You Ready for Valve Index? And I'm going to read to you what I posted to ProtonDB.com Note, while the store page does provide the meager courtesy of informing Linux users that the Valve Index VR hardware entirely supports Linux Good luck believing that. They do also point out that this utility to tell prospective buyers of the $1,000 rig who use Linux that this fancy utility does not, in fact, support Linux. And they are right. That is a really interesting thing to think about. That Valve's Are You Ready for Valve Index utility to determine, now they promise that it's going to work great with Linux it, there are you ready for Valve Index utility does not work with Linux so that's, you can take that for whatever it may mean to you does not mean good things to me also this week after the uh, pro- last Proton 4.2-4 update, we've been able to get Rising Storm 2 Vietnam to work in full multiplayer, you know, everything. It is a fucked up game. It is a very difficult game. It is a very challenging game. It is also a very fun game. Um, unfortunately, I can't really get it to use my Warthog because uh, all I really want to do is fly helicopters around. Um, the dynamic the the weapons in this game are some of the most amazingly realistic that I've ever seen in my entire life. The last game that I played that was this disturbing was Vietnam Purple Haze, and this game is from the Credence Clearwater Revival that opens the 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 boot splash or whatever all the way through to boot camp and then all the way into your first combat patrol it is a fucked up game, like guys will drop you with a headshot before you know where the fuck you are people will call in mortar strikes on you, it's it's amazing and we'll be, we'll be working up a feature on Rising Storm 2 Vietnam in the near future currently, right now I think it's still on. God damn it, Ivor, you're fired. Let's punch it up. Punch it, Chewy. Come on, where the fuck are you? 
Humble Bundle right now is going through their massive spring sale. Oh, God, are you kidding? You want me to log in? Oh, that's why you didn't do it, Ivor? What? You couldn't... What? Hang on. Yeah, anyway, currently, the Humble Bundle, uh, HumbleBundle.com is having their spring sale on hundreds of games. That's for the next three days. Ends May 27th at 10 a.m. Pacific Coast time. And there are a lot of good games on there, including... uh, Jalopy is free for a limited time, but there's a lot of good games like um shit. Let's take a look. Darkest Dungeon is 64% off at $17.47. Uh Witcher 3 Wild Hunt is 70% off at $14.99. Uh Let's see. There's a couple other good ones. Oh well, yeah. All right, fuck it. That'll that'll do it for them. Fuck them. Oh, Monster Hunter World is forty percent off at thirty five dollars and sixty three sixty three cents. No Man's Sky is fifty five percent off at twenty six dollars and ninety nine cents. <coughs> Mordow is 10% off at $26.99. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online, uh, 55% off, $8.99. Etc., etc., etc. Assassin's Creed Origin Seasons Pass is 82% off at uh, $7.19. Etc., etc., etc. So, if you're a devotee of Humble Bundle, be sure to check out their sale before <coughs> their sale offerings. Excuse me. And that brings us to our uh, new and noteworthy based on with it, Ivor. I was a North American fall when in my former life. Here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week. So we do have two awesome new and noteworthy, new and noteworthy titles for you. I I love that that bumper. It's 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 priceless. Um. First off, uh, in case you've been underneath a rock, it's not my type of game, but lots of other people like it. Um, Total War Three Kingdoms, which is both a feral port of this. I'm not sure if it actually runs natively on Linux or if feral was just... I don't know. But it runs great on Linux, whether or not it's Proton or not. Um... Total War Three Kingdoms takes the three the Total War franchise to China. Uh, it builds itself as let's see, one moment, please, one moment, please. Let us find out for ourselves. We had to reboot there in the middle of uh, we're having some problems this week. Okay, to- whoa, fuck you, fuck off. Total War Three Kingdoms is the first in the award-winning series to recreate epic conflict across ancient China combining a gripping turn-based campaign of empire building and conquest with stunning real-time battles Three Kingdoms redefines the series in an age of heroes and legends now that I'm getting hiccups we better truck on this episode Ivor uh, it is $59.99 uh, I have verified, I bought it and I have verified that it runs on Linux so that's uh, Total War Three Kingdoms. Looks really cool if you like um, strategy games. I do not like strategy games in general, and I especially hate real-time strategy combat. But I, I know that I am in the vast minority on that score. The other game, though, is one that I think that everyone can get behind. It's called Gladiabots. G-L-A-D-I-A-B-O-T-S. And Gladiabots builds itself as AI comp... God damn it, I hate these fucking developer videos that keep popping up inside the Steam client. AI Combat Arena. Assemble your robot squad, construct their AI, and send them in the battle arena to see your strategy play out. Iterate, improve, and repeat until you outsmart all your opponents and friends online. Now, the neat thing about... uh, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I've been balls deep in machine learning for the last oh god 
18 months or so, even longer than that, if you want to go back to my project, Sarah. But, uh, on the plane ride back from Bellingham, I was, you know, as my eyes are closed, waiting for us to die, um, it, it, it hit, I got this great idea for a game. What if, what if, instead of all this machine learning shit in terms of, uh, couching it in terms of, uh, you know, email spam filters, all the normal basic shit that everyone always learns machine learning uh, through. What if there was just a game? A game where, like, you could... Yeah, well, that game is Gladiobot's AI Combat Arena. I've only spent, like, 45 minutes in it. I am very impressed. It is very easy to learn how to use um it essentially the biggest the only complicated thing about this game is that it uses a depth first approach uh to its programming so everything that you do the position of it after the initial node that initial node goes to like 17 different nodes okay and all of them you put put there, but let's say there's three then it processes every cycle from left to right it actually goes clockwise and then it descends into each of those subnodes subnodes, so you can have conditional subnodes, you know blah blah blah, you can have really advanced trees that um, the game gets you, the tutorial gets you up and running with very quickly, like I was I was tweaking out my own um, shield defense shit which is just basically a simple like okay if I'm taking this much shield damage I'm going to retreat this far from this type of enemy that's giving me this type of damage you know, well actually simpler than that I'm just going to retreat this far from all enemies until my shields reach this level then I'm going to go back in and I'm going to kill them um, and it's very fun and satisfying to see those strategic elements play out. Um, Gladiobot's AI Combat Arena is 20% off now through May 29th at $11.99 uh, from a full price of $14.99. Interesting, fun fact. For the first time since Proton uh, dropped, I think this is the first time that both of our, or that all of our new and noteworthy games in our new and noteworthy segment um, are actually native ports. I'm not entirely sure about Total War Three Kingdoms, but Feral's name is on it for a Linux port. And I didn't bother to do the legwork. I just booted it up to see if it worked. Started a game, and then instantly got frustrated. Unlike Gladiobots, which sucked me in for almost an hour. Alright, now let's... Ivor, based him with the review. This week we have Forager. In accordance with the laws and regulations regarding the internet within your local jurisdiction, Best Linux Games Podcast now presents you with a dose of clap. Just kidding, motherfuckers. It's review time. Alright, so Forager. Now, if I, I have to say in the interest of full disclosure that if you go to my Steam client if you go to my Steam profile, that would be Skooky Sprite, S-K-O-O-K-I-E-S-P-R-I-T-E, and look at my gameplay time for Forager, you will see that it says 82 hours. That is not true. Um, I did the math uh, when I was taking a shower this morning. Um, a full 40 hours of those, 82 hours, were from leaving the game running unattended this week when I was sick. Um... So that takes it down to 42 hours. And then I'm going to say another three five-hour blocks were the game running unattended either intentionally or accidentally while I was asleep or napping. So that's 15 hours. So that's 50, you know, 55 hours. But I'm well over I'm well over the 20 hours necessary to review a game. I've spent a lot of time playing Forager. So what is Forager? Forager is a top-down pixel trash style 
point and clicker. It is an always be clicking game, kind of like uh, Honeycam Studios, uh, etc. Forager, however, introduces the idea of like it's kind of like a cross between uh, Honeycam Studio, Minecraft, Stardew Valley, and um. Uh, I don't know, like a Sim City kind of resource gathering uh, industrial scale kind of game. All with cute anime style pixel trash two dimensional characters in a hyperactive world. The basic basic, uh, two basic things that are like gravity in this game are one, you always have to keep eating food. Uh, food, any anything that you do uses up your food bar. So, your energy is of primary importance. The next thing is money, because without money, you can't buy new land. And there's lots of ways to get money. You can, you know, eventually research a market, and you can start selling your shit at the market, or you can just mint your own fucking gold coins out of gold ingots after you develop a forge, and then, um and uh, a furnace and etc. Eventually you will start building electronics later on in the game. Um, There are many convenience skills. There's 64 skills, I think, in the game. Each one requires one skill point and each skill point, you get one skill point per every level. You can, early on, you only get um, experience points from destroying shit and harvesting stuff like breaking rocks and breaking you know, gold ore and you know, blah 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 blah. Eventually you can get buffs that, skill buffs that turn every aspect of your supply chain into an experience point bonanza to the point where by the time you can research mining rods, which are these uh, static they look like Tesla coils with a big happy pink gumball at the top and they cover wide range um I can cover all of my entire forager landscape all of the islands that I've unlocked because what you start you start on an island and you're this cute little guy you can also buff yourself with equipment that you can either make research find or be rewarded for uh, after completing quests for individual NPCs who happen to appear on certain islands. And then there are certain islands that have um, adventures inside of them, like where you can go inside of a temple or whatever. I generally try not to do those. I hate them. They are tedious and they're puzzle-oriented and they're just a big pain in the ass. I'm more for the uh, resource gathering and stuff like that. So, when you start off, you're on this tiny little island and you're breaking like a rock and a tree and a rock and a tree and then, you know, blah, blah, blah. Took me to read a fact after two hours of doing that before I realized, oh, there's a button where you can go and buy new islands. Okay. Anyway... <laughs> by the time you're a big swinging dick like me, I have 1.6 mil- well, I had 1.8 million gold uh, before I started recording this podcast um, by the time you're like me everything is automated for you you have mining rods everywhere the only things that you really do are plant crops um, and grind crops into seeds because I have discovered, and this is not there are no spoiler alerts for this game I mean, fuck it it's, there are a million different strategies, a million different ways, you can try to speedrun this game, which is something I might be trying to do later on this weekend um, cause like I said, I'm pretty much at the end of the, I think I'm at the end of the game, either way, I've done well over 20 hours in the game um, it is addictive it is very addictive uh, and it's also very fun even though all you're doing is running around and clicking on shit and constantly clicking on shit it is very fun even better though is after you've played a certain amount of time in the game you unlock the backstory behind Forager's development which I only read like after you know fucking 18 hours or something and it's a touching 
poignant, heartfelt story about the developer as a solo developer, his struggles with social anxiety, um, funding, and then um, also finding people to help him make this game that like he gave up his entire life to do. And when I say entire life to do, I mean he moved you know, he had social anxiety, English is his second language, um, all this stuff, all of which you should not even have to fucking care about, but once you start really liking the game and you find out this shit, it brought, I mean, it, it got, it made me get pretty fucking emotional, it was, it was, it was pretty cool, um, and the game is a huge success, and I think, I think you will like it as well, mm. ultimately, though, where Forger goes towards is automating everything so it's like a it's like factorio for people with very short attention spans who like to click a lot on shit what i've done um several times as i intimated in the intro to this is i've left the game once you get droids which are like way late in the game droids are like these little guys that follow you around and harvest all your shit for you like, all your shit, like, you can just, like, dig up stuff, you can break shit, you don't have to even hover over it to pick it up, all sorts of convenience features, um, and you're getting experience points from everything, and meanwhile, all your mining rods are just sucking up all the resources from everywhere, they're killing everything, and they're just filling your coffers with all this shit. Well, your coffers, meaning your vaults, and you need a lot of them. You need, like, maybe, I think I have, like, six vaults, and that's I, that's all I need. Um, you put your raw materials in the vaults, and your raw materials are then accessible everywhere from your crafting stations. Meaning that you don't have to carry around all of your stone and wood and gold ore and iron ingots and fucking steel and, you know, blah, blah. You put them each individually into... Um, vaults, which you can upgrade to have nine sta- nine different things stacked inside of each one, and then they're instantly made available for crafting. Now, there are other perks that you can get, like amulets and stuff, some of them that you make, some of them that you find, some of them that are awarded to you after completing fetch quests and stuff and other tasks for other NPCs, um, but there are a lot of... It is a very, very, very very addictive game. Um, partially because only a third of it is keeping everything running at max capacity. Meaning that you want to split your stacks like if you have like tons of sand and you want to make glass, which is very difficult to get to early on. By the way, if you want some early on tips, here here's some early on tips. Build as many fish traps as you can. Build them all in a line, because you're going to have to clear them all the time. That will be your chief... Uh, way of getting sand. Sand is what you use to make glass. Glass is what you use. Glass and thread are what you use to make uh, bottles. Bottles are useful for everything. Um, build a market. Build banks. Build them next to each other. Build ten banks next to each other as soon as you can. Those, once you have ten banks next to each other, those generate one coin every ten seconds. Every ten seconds. So six seconds for er, ten coin. Er, Six coins every minute, 60 coins every minute, that's by times 10, and then if you go to sleep, you wake up, like, you know, five hours later with, like, fucking, you know, 30,000 coins. That's a great, great, great thing to do. Other great things to do, um, upgrade your technology, always be upgrading, always be clicking, but ultimately... And you can find your own strategies for money making and etc. that suit your playstyle the best. But ultimately, I'm going to hip you to my personal favorite. Once you upgrade your shovel, once you get a shovel and you upgrade it all the way, you can pull all the resources, including rare resources, and including every time you strike as an area of effect. So it's like, yeah, it's like six by six. Uh, it's like a 6x6 six six grid every time you dig with your shovel every one of those 6x6 six six grid you know, grid spaces will yield one unit of sand this is important for when you want to get into electronics but anyway and you can build as many of the crafting stations as you want but the more of any crafting station you have the more you're penalized 
for building it. So, like, they they start to double in resources and triple in resources, etc. Sometimes it's worth it, sometimes it's not. Destroying a building is fine. You get back all the resources that you got from putting you know, they put into the building to begin with, and you can just move it, you can just rebuild it someplace else building does not take any time it's instantaneous um, but it's really all of the little stuff that's in Forager that makes it so compelling to play, it's like think of it like uh, Stardew Valley or Animal Crossing, but on like fucking immense amounts of speed like, you are just you are never, you never stop moving there are enemies, you will learn to kill them very quickly, um, very, uh, efficiently. Once you get a droid, though, you will never see another enemy that will ever hurt you again, more or less. Maso Menos. I have three droids now. To get one droid is very difficult. I have three of them. I'm basically at the end of the fucking game. Um, it is hyper-colorful, it is great for all ages, it is a essentially non-violent video game, um, the exploration aspects of the game do leave a lot to be desired, especially early on. I don't know if it's infinite, if there are infinite numbers of islands that you can buy or what. I have, I think, let's take a look. I should have done this before. That's the humble bundle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. That's what it sounds like when everything is running passively. Oh, here. That's what it sounds like when everything is running passively on uh, my main game. Jesus, get out of my way. <coughs> so we're going to go to our... I'm going to run up here. Hang on one second. I'm just going to run up here to the edge of my world. <coughs> And we're gonna go to Byland. Yeah, okay, so there are limit. Yeah. Alright, so let's see how many how many islands do I have unlocked now? And you build bridges between the islands, etc. 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 I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Wait, what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four. Alright, so we have seven. Up top across, let's go to the bottom and or to the middle of everything and see how many we have. I can't see it all at once. Uh, one, uh, seven. Oh, god, there's still more down there. All right, hang on, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So I got like 49 islands. I guess there's maybe like 50 of them. It does It does look like there's a hard limit to them. I don't know if they all pop out in the same order every time. Anyway, we can leave this now. It's difficult to quit this game. There we go. Alright, I'm, I'm not going to read you the um, how I made Forager. It's because it's 42 slides, but it's, it's great. And you can also suggest ideas for Forager, and they have a Forager comic book. And they also have uh, oh, official Forager merch. Ooh, I would like to get a Forger t-shirt. The game has a really twisted sense of humor, too, which is great. Like, there are these little radish people with a radish mama, and they're, like, they're they're kind of big. I've killed most of them. But when you talk to them, they're like, we love you the best of all. You're our best friend ever. And then you hit them, and they start screaming and crying. Why? Why have you done this? You're still our best friend. And then I kill a bunch of them, and they don't come back. And I found out. Okay, this is kind of a spoiler alert. Well, anyway, I, I won't tell you. I won't tell you anymore about the riots. But it's. I mean, it was insane. It was really funny, um, and and really, you know. If a, I don't know. It, it, it was great. It was great. Um, like I said, the interior portions of the game I do not like as much, but I love harvesting everything in Forager and making it work to my will. It is, like I said, it is a lot like, um, it's a lot like Factorio, 
uh, but for people with severe ADHD, such as myself, um, it builds itself as the highly popular and quirky, quote, idle game that you want to actively keep playing, unquote. And that is man, that hits the nail right on the head. So, I'm just going to tell you what I spend most of my time in Forager doing these days, now that I'm at the end of the game. I take my super shovel, which is like a robotic fucking, there's no further upgrades for the shovel. There's no further upgrades for anything that I can, that I have that I can upgrade anymore. So my shovel breaks like basically an entire screen's worth of dirt and it also automatically irrigates it. So then I fill those dirt, the like, you know, plantable places. I do that like five times and then I then I eat, which takes two seconds. Then I fill all of those places one by one with pepper seeds. Now why pepper seeds? Initially in early on in the game, the best way to make money, one of the best ways to make money is to do bread. Bread is a fucking complicated process. It means you have to harvest wheat, then you have to build a windmill, break the wheat into wheat seeds. Each three units of wheat give you four units of wheat seeds. Then you plant them, ideally with sprinklers adjacent to them, because that makes them grow really fast. Then you harvest them. Then you take all the wheat and go back to your windmill and repeat the process. Every time you repeat this process, you gain one extra unit of wheat. It is a long and tiresome process. Even done in bulk, it takes forever. Um, then what you do with the wheat when, you know, eventually you'll build more windmills and you'll have bigger fields and stuff. Then, anyway, so like let's say you have a thousand units of wheat. Well, to make that thousand units of wheat into flour requires going back to the windmills. You want to subdivide along all of your windmills so that, um, you know, it's done as fast as possible. Wheat takes a, a wheat to flour. Takes about twenty seconds to make one unit of flour. So even with four windmills, it still takes forever. Um, it took me three and a half hours the last time I I did bread. Anyway, so it spits out a bunch of flour. You have to pick up the flour, blah, blah, blah. Eventually, you'll have convenience features that you can unlock as skills or as robots or um, as items in your amulet that double the amount of stuff that gets dropped. And then eventually, you'll get automation as a skill which makes things that are crafted by you, things that pop out of um, craft stations, automatically col- they collect themselves and are returned to your inventory or to your vaults instantaneously. Once that happens, you are like almost there because then all you need are the mining rods and then you can start having self-harvesting crops. They don't self-plant, but they self-harvest. Anyway, so back to the bread. So you get all this flour, which takes like four hours to make, you know, 500 units of flour or something like that. Then you have to bake the flour in your, um, it's not in your furnace. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's in your furnace. Uh, and you bake them all into bread and that's much faster. It's like four, it's like one every four seconds or something like that. Something like that. So it's another hour-ish if you divide it across all the furnaces. Then you get to go sell your, you know, 500 units of bread or whatever. If you have the, if you have the skill perk where you get experience points from selling items, this is a very, very lucrative thing. But anyway, it's very lucrative anyway, because once you have the market, then you sell them all for nine, nine gold a piece. And I think three experience points a piece. And ba-bam, you get like five levels and, um, you know, tons of money even better though is to just fucking sell pepper seeds unlike unlike bread which requires you to make the wheat and then before you sell all the wheat you have to keep enough wheat in reserve to make more seeds before you sell off all your wheat into before you make all your wheat into flour and that's a big pain in the ass cause like there's no button to like 
say, I want to only sell two-thirds of everything that I have, you have to sell it all. So, keeping track of that is a big pain in the ass, and keeping once your weed harvest gets so huge, it's a big, big pain in the ass to keep, keep track of all this shit. Much simpler is to just fucking keep unlocking land until you find pepper seeds, get the amulet, which will give you double of everything that you plant, um, but get some pepper seeds, make some pepper seeds in your windmills, plant your pepper seeds, harvest them tirelessly over and over again, keep grinding out pepper seeds in your windmills, this obviates the, the, the whole problem of not having enough wheat seeds to plant while you're planting. Anyone thinks that I'm insane, by the way, check out my 1.6 million fucking gold and suck my dick. The nice thing about this method is that it works the opposite way of the supply chain as making bread. So when you have 600 units of of full-grown pepper that you've harvested, you can go to your windmills, which are still churning out pepper seeds, but maybe you have one that is free, or maybe you just build a new one, because I have four windmills, um, and I think that's probably what everyone needs. You throw all of those pepper seeds, or half of them, half of those peppers into the windmill to make pepper seeds. Then you go to the market and sell all the pepper seeds that you have. Then you go back down to the windmills, and then you you divide, subdivide um, the remaining peppers among the windmills, and those will start churning out enough seeds, because there's four of them. It takes 20 seconds, something like that, to make four seeds. Um, all four of them, though, that's 16 seeds, that's uh, 26, that's uh, 42 seeds, so you wait 5 minutes, you go take a piss, you come back and then you can just start planting them everywhere, and you can repeat this process endlessly without having to harvest any of them once you get mining rods. Anyway, and that's just like one strat, that's the one strat that I've been using, um, and pepper seeds sell for 7 units and give you 3 experience points at the market, um, there's all sorts of other stuff to do. It's, I would say that Forager at 20 bucks a pop, I'm going to say it, it gets our full price, every price. And because, like, this is a game that appeals to every age level. It's cute, it's addictive, it's fun, it's already, I mean, at like a dollar an hour, it has already paid me back like twofold. Um, you know, some people might disagree, but I'm gonna say that it does get our full price, every price, you know, blah. Because this game, I mean, it'll run on anything, it'll run on any type of hardware. If you have a kid, or whatever, or if you just like this type of game, or if you have or if Stardew Valley is a little too pedestrian for you and you want something with like more action and like even a less even a briefer attention span, you're gonna like Forager um it, it spirals rapidly out of control very quickly and uh, 20 bucks very, oh by the way, the reviews came out April 18th, uh, 2019 so it came out like last month and the reviews, very positive, 2,825. Cheers to Hop Frog. This is his first game and is published by Humble Bundle. So there we go. There's another, another Humble Bundle connection for this week's episode. If this is not your type of game, though, then you are going to hate it. So that's like a conditional that I'm adding into, you know, but yes, it does win our highest award. It's worth full price, all price, any price, every day, all day, every day of the week. So cheers. That'll do us for this week. Um, I will catch you next week. And uh yeah. Um check out uh check out the column this week, uh www.bestlinksgames.com for all of our Proton DB posts. Uh and I look forward to uh more on Rising Storm uh to Vietnam and uh several other games that we have in the pipeline and uh oh yeah and uh, uh gladiobots and uh total war three kingdoms be sure to check those out as well i will catch you next week cheers later days Sea dragon. <laughs>
a good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna cry four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy yaddy yo. Four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yaddy yaddy. Four or five times. Matt Damon. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets, and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.